You're listening to Frankie Boy Radio. That the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Letting America take a deep breath. Hey there, everybody, and welcome to Frankie Boy Radio. Good afternoon. Happy Saturday. It's March 21st, and man, oh man, spring is here. I skipped my walk yesterday, but I took one this morning. What a difference a day makes. Bam! There was leaves out. There was color in the trees. The oak tree I say hello to. It's the turnaround point on my walk every morning. I turned around and looked at him, and there was leaves on on the branches. You know, teeny little ones, but... Spring is officially here. Even the classical radio DJ on the morning show, I think it was Bill Bukowski, want to give credit to where credit is due, but I don't know because I was just waking up. They wake up to the radio station and he wrote a, a cherry blossom haiku. So I didn't write you a cherry blossom haiku, but I wanted to read you one from um, Busson. I, I might be mis... Definitely I'm mispronouncing this name. B-U-S-O-N, the poet. This is from 1778. Two of these. One I can definitely relate to this one. And just when you have one of those sort of scattered and like, what, where, where is my head type of day? Not yet in full bloom or petals partly scattered, a wild cherry looking both. And then I really love this one here. He just conjures to mind the image of a lone cherry tree in the, in the forest, right? Out of loneliness, it may have bloomed a wild cherry tree. Delightful, delightful. Well, the question is, folks, is what have you been reading? I got a big old stack of books on my shelf. Uh, and a couple of, of really ones that stick out are two signed copies because I am lucky enough to know the authors. The first one, Five Lives in Music, Women Performers, Composers, and Impresarios from the Baroque to the Present by a friend of mine named Cecilia Hopkins Porter. This is just a, a lovely book and great, great history in here and talking about some of the ladies of classical music, which is a subject we don't hear enough about. So really enjoying this one. This is cool and neat to know the person who wrote it. And then another one from uh, Dr. Richard Hart and a couple of his colleagues about Man Discovers the Galaxies. And I also have his autograph. Yes, I am bragging about this. I'm talking about how humanity figured out how big the universe is. So those are a couple of things on my shelf. Let me know what you're reading and let's have a book discussion. Why not, right? We're all hanging out. It's a great time to catch up on some reading or to start a new book. And sometimes the stories are all around us. I wanted to share two with you today. One that I heard today and one I was reminded of today when I said, you know, I should shave my face and look presentable. When I was about 17 years old, I met a former Norwegian spy. Now, this was a very unassuming-looking gentleman, and he was in his more advanced years. His wife was an artist, apparently, and I met him at some art show, and I got to talking to him, and he was just kind of hanging out. And I always love hearing people's stories. He told me that when he was just just a teenager, how he was part of the resistance, the underground in World War II. I don't know if this is true or not, but I'm inclined to believe him. And for the purposes of our story, it doesn't even really matter. He said that one of his earliest antics when the Germans were invading was 
to go up to the crossroads. And the Germans wanted to mount this big gun on this uh, bit of high ground. So he went up and he told them, oh yes, the way to that is left. Everybody go left. And he directed a steady stream of Nazis left when really they wanted to go right. The road to the left turned swampy and they got their guns stuck in it and uh, held them up for a couple of days. And they certainly came looking for him, but he was nowhere to be found. Little, uh, little rascally fellow as he was, he was getting his start in fighting the good fight. So he decided he wanted to pursue this a little bit further, but he needed a weapon in the business. He didn't have a weapon and he couldn't really just walk into the pawn shop and buy one at the time. So there was a local prison where they also kept weapons that were the prisoners. So what he did was he got a job. It was like, like a sort of a jail, a little holding area. And he got a job as a janitor. They needed somebody to mop the floors. So he got a job as janitor and he had a girlfriend at the time. He said, oh, she was a real, real pretty girl. And she could always charm her way through anything. So he got a job as a janitor and there was this one cell where they had a pile of guns. And it was down at the end of a long hallway. So he started mopping the floor down the end, towards the end of the hallway. Do, 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 just mopping the floor. Nobody's around. And he uses the end of his mop to hook a pair of pistols from the pile and drop them in his mop bucket. So they're under the water. And he keeps on mopping and he finishes up. They're like, hurry up. He's like, oh, right away, sir. And he finishes mopping. And then he takes his bucket of mop water and he throws it over the wall. The guns go over the wall too. Nobody's any the wiser. And his girlfriend comes by on a bicycle and picks him up and puts him in her basket. And that's how he armed himself first. He's like a teenager when he's doing this. Incredible stuff. And he told me a couple of bits of life advice. He looked at, and I had really long hair at the time and I was all scruffy. Scruffier than I am now. And he says, you know, I would shave every morning. So I shaved this morning. I was thinking of this guy. I forget his name, but I certainly remember him. And he said, shave every morning. And I would look at myself in the mirror and pound my fist into my hand and say, I can, I must, I will. I can, I must, I will. And that was the story of the Norwegian spy. Incredible stuff. So I think of him often. I can, I must, I will. I can, I must, I will. Getting part of the resistance against the Nazis in World War II. Talk about a hard day. Good things to keep in mind, you know what I'm saying? Then I was just talking to a new friend today and he was telling me about how his, and I was trying to follow the, the exact, you know, who it was the grandfather or the great grandfather, but uh, one of his relations, his great, his grandfather, well, going way back, his family lived in rural Virginia the governor of Virginia wanted people to settle what is now West Virginia. So they were offering land. They were offering a farm if you go up there and settle up there. <clears throat> Some of his distant ancestors went up there in the 1700s and uh, settled around a, what's a, now a town up there. Built a two-story log cabin. That log cabin burned down. 
So they built a stone house with the walls are two feet thick that still stands to this day. Then, later on, as the railroad bisected the nation, they needed people to go settle out in the Midwest or the, the West Midwest on the prairies. So some of his relations went out to Nebraska. There was no trees, so they cut the sod to make houses. This is literally little house on the prairie stuff. And I believe it was his great-great-grandfather who did this. And his great-great-grandfather, he said he abandoned his great-grandfather. Now, again, I was trying to figure out all this stuff, and this was we're just kind of a casual conversation, so this is not intended to be a historical documentation. But So his great-grandfather is taken in by a family and grows up and fends for himself. And there's a picture of this guy, a true fighter, a true survivor out in Nebraska with holding a long rifle and looking like right out of the Wild West. It's in, he literally, what this was the, the people who built America, right? So he's out there, uh, he ends up getting married. And then that family decides to go out to Seattle. And they take a wagon train out to Seattle. So now not only is this uh, Little House on the Prairie, but for any people my age will remember the 90s computer game Oregon Trail. That's what it was in real life. They don't like Seattle that much, so they go down to near where Portland would have been when the railroad was just arriving. So there's nothing out there. Eventually, this guy comes along and he's telling me the story. Uh, he was one of 12 kids. And he showed me a picture of him and his family in 1946. So stories everywhere. And now is a great time to start collecting them, whether they're in books, philosophy, or your neighbor. And if you have any stories to share, please let me know. I would love to hear them. Uh, call me up, 240-682-2801. Drop me an email, joshurban251 at gmail.com. Uh, let's, let's start sharing some stories and enjoying that springtime. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow. Before we go, of course, it is time to take our deep breaths, America. Here we go. Let's take five deep ones. We're going to count, or we're going to inhale to a count of four. Going to hold it for two, exhale for a count of four through our mouth. Inhale through our nose. Here we go. Get comfortable and proceed. In one, two, three, four. Pause. One. Two, exhale. One, two, three, four. Inhale. One, two, three, four. Pause. One, two, exhale. One, two, three, four. A little bit deeper now. Inhale. One, two, three, four. Pause. One, two, exhale. One, two, three, four. Next one. Inhale. One, two, three, four. Pause. One, two. Exhale. One, two, three, four. Last one. Inhale. One, two, three, four. Pause. One, two. Exhale. One, two, three, four. Hey, if you're enjoying that, keep on going. We'll see you tomorrow.